0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Reboot Leggers. This is a comedy podcast where we reboot whatever the hell we
1: want. I'm Scott Owen. I'm Frank Serra. And and I guess today we're being aggressive. Today, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care what you want, I'm rebooting what I
0: want. And by popular demand, we have our second returning guest? Third, if you count the fact that we had two on the same day. But welcome back,
2: Brock Wilbur. I am so happy to be here. This, the last time I was on the show and we rebooted uh, The Boxcar Children is one of, hands down, the most enjoyable hours of my entire year. I, my, my wife had to check on me because I was laughing too hard downstairs and was worried something was up. This should fall in line with that. The, the bar for today has been set exceptionally high, and I'm not Oof. sure I brought the intellectual property uh, to, to match it. Uh, cause, uh, oh, uh, and after we did the show last time, I'm not sure I, sh- I sent you guys the picture or not, but, uh, somebody from my family found a boxcar children, like shirt on Amazon and sent no. it to the, me in the mail what? and it didn't have like a, like a, who's it from or anything. It's just the fucking boxcar, uh, but it is, <laughs> but if you've got an eye for it, you know, it's that boxcar. And I was like, did, did like Scott do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How did he get my address? Yeah, I was like, this is like a really cool kind of creepy, but real, real cool friendship move. Like, I'm a big fan, and God. I'm going to wear this boxcar shirt that no one else will understand except for us buddies that did this buddy show
0: together. <laughs> well, after
2: this episode, so
0: Brock has requested that we, uh, I, so a, a month ago... <laughs> A month ago, I said, hey, Brock, do you want to come back on? I was actually slightly drunk tweeting, and I asked Brock if he wanted to be back on, and he said yes. And then I asked him what what movie he wanted to do, and he
2: immediately said
0: Mars Attacks. Was there a reason why? So, uh,
2: yeah, let me get into what Mars Attacks is, Let's and talk then Mars that'll Attacks. set up some of this. So Mars Attacks uh, is a, it's a set of cards that Topps Comics put out in 1962. You get a couple cards in a pack and a piece of bubblegum. Uh, and, and these cards, uh, made up the storyline and the storyline. These are just uh, trading cards. They weren't like a playing card game. They were just. No, not a trading card. Yeah. yeah. Just playing cards. Uh, there's a scene on the front with, with a a piece of art and on the back, it explains like what's happening. I did Um, find a flicker
0: that I just sent you the link to that contains all 53
2: cards the it's been expanded to 75 and then they just did a sequel last
1: year roasted uh they're still going
2: yeah so are these like 53 cards uh it's basically the story about how on mars uh the corrupt martian government realizes that mars is going to explode uh but they don't tell people that's the reason why they need to get off mars they just say that they need to invade earth Uh Uh, So they go and invade earth and what they come down to earth with uh these these martians come down And they just start attacking cities and they're blowing people up and stuff. And there's uh, the scale of the violence and stuff here is it goes from everything from like giant bugs that they create, like eating the Eiffel Tower down to like a very specific iconic photo, which is of a dog jumping in front of a farm boy to protect him from the laser. And the dog gets like cooked in midair. Uh, and like it's it's all like it, it for nineteen like sixty two, and for a children's product, yeah, it's fucking gory. It is just violent, out of control stuff here. Uh, but it had like it is basically uh, the pre production art for an entire movie. And uh, you know, Earth gets its ex- ass kicked for forever, and then yeah. near the end there, we figure out like we'll we'll take the fight to them. So we go to Mars and we kill all of them we go to their cities and just kill all the people there, just like they did to us. But, oh you know, God. 1962 revenge. Uh, there's, some, there's some World War parallels here that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and then the planet blows up because it was going to blow up. Uh, and that's the story. So I didn't grow up with the 1962 trading card set. But uh, in the uh, very early 90s, uh, ahead of the production of, of what would be this film, um tops comics launched a comic book series about this which uh, was like the very first comic book series i grew up reading uh, like the, so it, just like those kids finding that i found this and i was like what the fuck is this uh <laughs> and uh it is told from the perspective mostly of the martians but some of the human resistance and it's all these branching storylines and really like in-depth characters but also just hyper violent shit uh, yeah like it it and like uh it's it has such a dark tone and there's such terrible gore in it but also like it, it gets into like it, it gets into a lot of like the the martians are all very intelligent and there's a caste system but there's also all this infighting and it's about like a lot more of that like the the the, the corrupt government officials and things like that and mm. it it's very smart and interesting and cool uh so They announced that they were making a movie and that Tim Burton was making it. And so uh, I was losing my fucking mind over this. It was the thing I was most excited for in the world. And uh, before it came out, when I figured that this movie was going to be just like what I'd understood Mars Attacks to be to this point, uh, there was actually a casting announcement in a small town three hours south of me in Kansas uh, where they wound up in the movie that you'll see later. Uh, shooting the sequences with Jack Black in the trailer park and uh, the old folks home. Uh, And so what they were looking for for these sequences that they were doing an open casting call for it was that they wanted Asian women under five feet tall to be stand ins for the Martians. And (laughs) they wanted people over the age of 75 to play old folks in the old folks home. I was a six foot two sixth grader and oh. i forced my dad to take me out of school that day and drive me in a 6-hour round trip <laughs> to go stand in line to just put in my name and picture these weren't full auditions it was just like we need background and like and like i fill i spent like an hour filling out like the sheet that was just supposed to be like pant size and whatever if they were going to call a local and right. there was no way i ever could have done and like i made sure to write on my paper and to tell the woman i handed it to like I will pass on scale. I will do this for free. Like I had figured out what scale was from the documents. Like it was my very first Hollywood moment and as successful as the rest of my Hollywood moments. Uh, Just like, yeah, yeah. Put me in this movie for free in one of the roles that there's nothing fucking here for me. Uh, So I waited like a year and then the Mars Attacks came out at like the end of sixth grade and I actually got sent to the principal's office for talking about it too much in class because I wouldn't do my homework. And I just kept talking to other kids about how great Mars attacks was going to be. And this was back before you could see trailers for stuff. So I didn't, I didn't see stuff. I I hadn't been to the movie theater. I hadn't seen a trailer at home or or on the internet. So there's no way to tell what the tone was or what this was going to be. You thought
0: this was going to be the hyper gory, super intense comic adaptation. Yeah. And not what Tim Burton gave us.
2: And so what Tim Burton winds up making is that he makes uh, a tribute to all the 1950s sci-fi uh, stuff that he loved. And also uh, he really wanted it to be he wanted all the Martians and stuff to be stop motion because he wanted it to be a, a tribute to the great stop motion animators that he'd loved over time. And the budget for that just completely ran out. So they made they did a lot of CGI and it ends yeah. up being very stop motion. And it, it, it gets as close as like there's no. It, it wouldn't have fixed this if this was stop motion. It wouldn't be any more uh any different. Right. Uh so what he winds up making is this tribute that is uh it is pastiche uh and it is a, a tribute to to bad films of an era yeah that like it's it is a movie for Tim Burton and for the people that that truly are Tim Burton and for a sixth grade kid to watch this uh fucking what you're right, uh, and so <laughs> and so I still like there's still a part of me that like thats is, this is this is the answer of why the reason that I said reboot this right off the bat is that there is still a, a little part of my fucking lizard brain that is still angry over this thing that happened <laughs> in sixth grade that i I, I promised to work for them for fucking free. I promised to I work for free. No. and you know what they gave me in return? This fucking <laughs> thing, which I genuinely enjoy now. I think it is such a fun interesting lunatic movie and i I genuinely love it but it took 10 years of like working through some anger and some hurt to get to that point uh so that's our lead-in here too and now i i get to talk to some people who just now have seen mars attacks and this is exciting for me frank
0: chose to abstain because frank likes to come into reboots knowing nothing in true hollywood executive fashion
1: I, I elected to be an audience surrogate for this episode. <laughs> we, me and Scott flipped a coin
0: this one I had no idea the the uh, the what's the word I'm looking for how big this I didn't know it was an ensemble cast I guess is what I'm trying to say like it is a ton of huge 90s celebrities in this movie and I had no idea I apparently never looked at like the cast or anything about this movie. So as the credits are rolling, you can ask my wife for confirmation on this. I'm just like shouting at the screen. Holy shit, Pierce Brosnan? What? Danny DeVito? Just like freaking out at all the people in this movie. Michael J. Fox is in this movie. Sarah Jessica Parker's in this movie. Glenn Close, Jack Nicholson. He's the president in this movie. I had no idea any of these people were here. I thought this was going to be Jack,
2: like... And Jack Nicholson plays a secondary role as well. Yeah, He also plays he plays Vegas
0: yeah Vegas rich man like weird cowboy who's trying to open a hotel and seems like we could have just not had him in this movie at all like I there were several characters in this movie where I was like why are they here for instance Danny DeVito plays rude gambler just to be a rude guy it was very surreal It,
2: it, it apparently went that they passed the script around Hollywood for a while and the script was actually uh there was a first version of the script written in the 1980s by Alex Cox. Uh,
1: mm. Alex
2: Cox, who is known for uh, Repo Man and Sid and Nancy. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I want to see his mid-80s post-Repo Man version of Mars Attacks, because yes. that's actually probably what this should have fucking been. Uh, so he had this script, and then they rewrote it and and stuff uh and it'd been passed around Hollywood for a couple of years as Tim Burton was trying to get this together and no one would fucking oh sign on to it god. except for Jack Nicholson <laughs> and like finally and so the reason that all these people are in it is that on Tim Burton's behalf Jack Nicholson called in all these favors and like and and in return Tim Burton was like who do you want to play and uh, Jack Nicholson said I want to play all the characters oh he my god to, he wanted to uh, clumps it yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to really clumps <laughs> <laughs> this one, uh, which, you know what? We're, we're so far in one direction with this movie. Why not go all the way? Why not make a full Jack Nicholson Mars I Attacks? Know. Like, it, it's it was almost, it, we're almost there. Like, it's...
0: <laughs> so this movie, as I was watching it, I kept thinking, did this come out before Independence Day or after? Because it felt very similar where it's so it begins with us realizing oh there's aliens and they're coming to earth and the whole movie is these like it's like five different stories about just different characters like and then eventually they their paths cross but it's not including like- a
2: president and the scientist and the people within the president's administration that are <laughs>
0: It's it, there's and a, the and a, and a stripper. There's a stripper, <laughs> which is a weird
2: link between those two movies. There's the hillbilly uh,
0: well, boy who wants to like fight in the army, and in this one, he gets to, and the other one, his dad is in the air force. But it's just like there were well, so many it, weird it, it, parallels. It, I mean,
2: the, the parallel for the dad in this one is Jack Black's character, who's just like you know, a, a lunatic army guy and gets himself killed, right? Uh, yeah, There there is so much here, uh, there, but also to uh, originally answer your thing that, uh, the, the inspiration for Independence Day also comes from the original Mars Attacks trading cards. Okay. So this winds up being in their release schedule, this sort of thing, that's sort of like when we had the Dante's Peak volcano thing. Yeah. Except that weirdly, Independence Day takes this a lot more fucking seriously, which yes. is a big letdown for me, uh, and especially <laughs> for child me.
0: Yeah, it was. So we'll, let's just do a quick summary of this movie. So it's basically like, it's kind of what I said. Aliens show up, Earth makes contact with them. And my favorite part about this movie is that the Martians basically just keep saying, we come in peace and get Earth people to meet with them. And then they kill all of them. And it works four different times where the Martians pretend they just act like, oh, this is a misunderstanding. Let's go meet with Congress, and then they murder everyone. And then they're like, "Oh, sorry, that's our bad." Let's go meet with the Paris of, or the president of France, and then they murder everyone. It's just like this over and there's, over and there's over. There's a thing. sequence near
2: the end of the movie where they're just slaughtering people, and they're just running around with a machine that translates from Martian to English. Yeah, and it's just translating them constantly shouting, "We come in peace." Yes, it's they, just constantly as, shouting, like, do, "Do not run." We building. are your friends, as they're shooting and murdering people. Uh also it's, it's important to note here that the Martians that we meet in this movie, uh, none of them speak English. They speak this Martian language that sounds like this. Ack, ack ack. And I didn't and so that's a big difference from like the comic book that I was reading where they were very intellectual beings, like having these long f- philosophical debates about whether or not they should be invading Earth. Uh so that was already like a sign for young Brock, like something's gonna be a different yeah. time. <laughs> a bit different. Uh, but in the in some uh, production interview that I was reading today, uh, it turns out that like somebody was doing that on set, uh, and that's actually just how it became the Martian language. <laughs> like it was just placeholder, and then like they were like, you know what? That's it's really funny. What if we just left that in? Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's how great. they talk the entirety of the movie. And I'm like, it, what it, I, every detail I find out about this breaks a new small part of my heart, but I also appreciate it. Yeah. It's It's why I love and hate this so much.
0: <laughs> I love too that so the Martians like interrupt, they take over earth's television waves to like broadcast a message that no one can understand because they're, they're speaking that language. And what I love is so Pierce Brosnan plays a scientist in this and they do the, the perfect trope of scientist who desperately wants to just make communication, make peace. Let's just talk to them juxtaposed with the warmongering general who just wants to murder all of them. And I just, so they, they see these Martians on TV and, and then somehow, just from seeing them on TV, the very next scene, Pierce Brosnan has this whole diagram of their internal anatomy, explaining that they breathe nitrogen, they're probably telepathic, just all this bonkers stuff that you could not at all figure out based on just seeing a picture of one of them. And then they it's also... Fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. It's so <laughs> fantastic It's so good. And then they also rig up this crazy machine that can translate what they're saying. And... It's kind it see they they seem to kind of like tease you and make you think that the translator is wrong because the translator works in both directions. And so the first time they meet the Martians, they say something and then it translates it into Martian language and the Martian like reacts as if they're saying something weird or offensive, but then they shake hands and it seems like it's fine, and then some guy releases a dove over the field that they're talking on and then the Martians go nuts. So I guess my first question is is the Martians hating birds a thing in the comics, or is that just a thing they made up for this movie? Because the Martians no, it's, like it's, hate it's, birds. It's
2: a thing that I think I, it's 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 one of the other distractions. I'm pretty sure. Like because then they argue about it. They're like, is it possible that a dove is a symbol of war on their world? And it's like they don't have fucking doves. Uh, but also like they were going to come kill everybody er- anyway. That's what they did every every other round of this. Right. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> it, but it is it is very it, the, rewatching this now. Uh, it is a very 2018 movie,
0: yes. Because
2: uh, I think it's a good movie to show people the difference between perhaps Democrats, Democrats, and leftists. Uh, yeah. Because uh, Democrats will go to some lengths to explain away uh, just any bad thing as like, well, maybe this is our fault, or maybe we just didn't understand, or, or maybe it's it's a breakdown in our communication. It's like, no, 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 they were going to kill us all anyway. It's the fucking, it's it's right there. Like, there's no, we don't need to talk about the bird. Yeah. So
0: even after the (laughs) that's a good point, even after the third time the Martians have done this, where they meet with government leaders and then murder them all. They get into the president's bunker and he makes this big, huge speech about how we should work together. And then the Martian ambassador like puts his gun away and shakes the guy's hand and then his hand comes off and turns into this weird tentacle thing that stabs the president through the heart and pops a Martian flag out of his chest. Like it is just constantly, they're just like, okay, yeah. If you'll keep letting us in, we'll keep taking advantage of this. Like just great moments like that. Um, and then they take Pierce Brosnan's head off and they put Sarah Jessica Parker's head on a dog. And it's very weird. And then,
1: uh, I
2: noticed your co-host isn't uh, chiming in here. Yeah, Frank, What Uh,
1: do you think of all this?
2: (laughs) This is all pretty wild. Um, I, I was literally just waiting to hear Frank make a noise when you said that uh, Pierce Brosnan, Sarah Jessica Parker, and a dog all swapped bodies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, So I'm a little sp- disappointed sp- I'm not hearing anything right now. <laughs>
1: Frank's more of a yeah.
2: passive listener than an active listener.
1: So, well, you guys <laughs> were so excited I, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to get in the way. Um, who gets whose head? Run that by me again. <laughs> Sarah-,
0: <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker and her dog get their heads switched, and Pierce Brosnan's head just gets removed and attached to some weird hanging apparatus that keeps it alive and he can, like, still talk and stuff.
1: Okay, do any of them kiss each other? Oh, you know, Pierce,
0: yes. Pierce and they don't kiss until their heads both get... So, <laughs> there's... I assume, As yeah. the flying saucer is being... It gets... It's crashing into the ocean, so Sarah Jessica Parker's head flops off of the dog's head and Pierce Brosnan's head flops down onto the floor and their heads roll together so that they can smooch. And it's Hell very yes. obviously, like... He, them wearing like green screen suits from the neck down, and, like and then like down. and yeah. like rolling around trying to make it look <laughs> like their heads are rolling around. It's really bad, but it's really great. And Pierce Brosnan constantly smoking a pipe because you know he's a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta have
1: my I gotta have my thinking smoke.
0: Yeah. Oh, and they they realize is I can't imagine that this is anywhere in any of the comics or the cards at all, right, Brock? But they figure out that they can defeat the Martians by playing this one like weird country country yodeling song i think it's called indian love call or something Let it is a very old song of this guy just like it just crooning, makes their heads go boom and it makes their heads explode they discover that because mm. they're they're attacking an old folks home and this kid's grandma is listening to her records with her headphones in and the Martians, instead of just shooting her when they see her, they see that her back is turned and they wheel in this comically large laser cannon in and like line it up directly behind her, taking a lot of time. And then her grandson runs in and says, Grandma, look out. And she turns around and can't hear him, so she pulls her headphone jack out of the speakers, which then blasts her old music and explodes all of their heads.
1: And then their heads go boom.
0: Yeah. Okay. It,
2: it was very important that we do the the mid-'90s trope of having like a old rapping grandma, but yes. Here it's uh, oh, and, yeah, and the dude. song is the song is Slim Whitman's "Indian Love yeah. Call" and Slim Whitman. Uh, the the weird fucking tag that you're gonna get on this one is that uh, after the film came out, um, Howard Stern realized that in 1982 he'd done a radio bit that there is a recording of called Slim Whitman versus the midget aliens from Mars what? in which slim Whitman's u- music is used to destroy the brains of invaders from Mars. Wow. And years later he got Tim Burton on the show and he was like, Hey, I would never sue you. Cause I like you, but like, what the hell it is man? impossible to say that that's parallel thinking. Yeah, And like he plays the clip for Tim Burton and Tim Burton's like, I think we all have to acknowledge that we all universally believe slim Whitman's voice to be uh like a a weapon like can we all agree on that like whatever it is like it it is possible that 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 is parallel thinking and like i before we recorded today i spent maybe like 10 minutes thinking back and forth on like is that can i can i call that parallel thinking or is that just like that it's just too much it's just too much though but like yeah the idea that like there's one song that they pick and it's this thing which uh this is maybe when sixth grade brock uh fucking went postal on the idea of like uh, w- w- sorry uh they're they're playing this fucking uh grandpa music and that's how the day gets won i don't i don't understand what's happening <laughs> and by that point in the movie uh like some of our characters have stolen an airplane to fly onto an island where they all know that they're oh, going to yeah. rebuild civilization and stuff like it's it's they, it's already spiraled so far out of control
0: and they recruit tom jones Tom Jones is singing at Vegas where these all these are the Vegas people and they find the movie he's Tom Jones. He's Tom Jones in the movie. He's performing at Vegas, and this guy who's he's a former heavyweight boxer, and now he's just like a guy dressed as King Tut in Las Vegas. And they he like saves Tom Jones from some aliens and then he goes, Can you fly a plane? And Tom Jones Tom Jones just goes, Yeah, of course. And so then they go get a plane and then they fly to this island. Yeah. So (laughs) then they fly to this island and the movie ends with them on the island. Just like living in peace with animals, like birds are landing on people's arms and they're singing like it is so it is like the weirdest. it's it's a weird left well, turn also, in a movie of left turns
2: that that's one ending. And then another group of people are on the steps of 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 the Capitol building or the White House or something. And like, oh, yeah, the, 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 the grandson and the grandma like,
0: for figuring out how to kill them. Uh, yeah. President's first kid, Natalie Portman, gives them their Congressional what? Medal of Honor's. <laughs>
2: You know what? It does sound like we're making this up as we go along. This does sound like a, an episode of the best show or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: This and, is this all was,
1: real. and this was three years before Phantom Menace.
2: Yes.
0: This is yeah, yeah. this is probably how Natalie Portman got discovered. This, is, this, this put her on the map more so than Heat did.
2: I'm going to go with the professional. I'm going to go with Leon being. <laughs> yeah, the professional
0: what? probably is what did it. Probably. Leon, that's, that's fair. There's a great part where, so she, this is be, like before the Martians have started attacking, Natalie Portman like comes out of her bedroom, clearly just woke up, and she tries to go, like, down this hallway, and a Secret Service agent says, oh, sorry, miss, you can't go this way, there's a tour in progress. And then later, the the president and his wife are being evacuated through the White House because Martians are in the White House attacking, like, stuff is exploding everywhere. They're running down a hallway, and Glenn Close, the First Lady, says, shouldn't we go that way? And the Secret Service agent goes, oh, sorry, ma'am, there's a tour in progress. And I died laughing because, like, the Martians are just murdering everything, but they're still respecting the tour, like not interrupting the tour. It's very good. This movie is just
2: bonkers, Frank. You should have watched it. I, I, I think there's like also it. like the 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 part that you might want to look up and actually watch on like YouTube is that there is there is a montage of world destruction that happens in at the start of the third act uh that is yes. almost all just the cards from the card yeah game. yeah yeah. and it's like the the it is the martians around the world like they go to easter island and to destroy <laughs> easter island they bowl a gigantic yeah. bowling ball they that bowling knocks bowling everything with the down <laughs> like the and, yeah, are it is where you crazy. get like the independence Day independence day uh montage of like all the different cities being destroyed except like they're, they're clever and weird and all yeah. of these things
0: they blow up the washington monument and then as it's tipping over like there's a there's a group of cub scouts underneath it and the martian flying saucer keeps like flying to different sides of the monument trying to knock it different directions onto the boys because they keep moving out of the way instead of just letting it fall like it's very ridiculous i think one of my favorite scenes is in the martian ship they're like The when they kidnap Sarah Jessica Parker they're like looking through her purse and there's a Martian who just like unscrews her lipstick and then screams and throws it down and like panicked when he sees lipstick come out of it like that got me really good and it was a really dumb scene like I laughed real hard at that
2: um so, I don't think I've ever laughed at that, but I appreciate I appreciate knowing that this movie gets some people. <laughs> I don't know why it got me. It was just his reaction of ah!
0: It's just like a very quick oh god, there's lipstick. Um, but so I I went and tried to look up these um these comics, and they in 2013 they did Mars Attacks Popeye. They did in 2014, Mars Attacks, Judge Dread. They did Mars Attacks Transformers. Like these Martians have been freaking everywhere, and I don't. I honestly don't know where to go with these Martians for our. The remake. Martians
1: visit those like universes, and it didn't happen before, but it's happening now to Popeye.
0: Yes, it's happening now to Popeye awesome. in 2013.
1: Yes.
2: So I believe IDW I, I, Comics owns them at this point yes. and IDW mm-hmm. loves a good crossover cuz they have so m- like I I think there's a Mars Attacks Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Oh God, I'm that that positive, so good. that's uh, There's troops, a Mars Attacks uh, Mars
0: Attacks Zombies versus Robots, which is a weird thing to attack. Like they're already attacking So they just each come other. into
1: the war. The war is happening and then yeah. they just swoop in and make a make it a three-way.
0: I guess we've kind of already been talking about our first segment. Let's just officially dive into our first segment called Love It or Leave It. Love on let me be lonely where we talk about what we want to keep what we love and what we don't like what we want to keep and get rid of it sounds like brock and i love everything about this movie <laughs> i don't know what we need to what brock what do you what are the big things that you want to make sure you keep uh
2: i i think the only thing that needs to be kept from this is the idea of just mars attacking. Really powerful martians that just uh uh, are are coming to fuck us up. That is about the only concept that needs to be there for me. Perfect. I just found oh my
0: god. Do you guys know the Sunday comic book a comic strip Opus about the weird bird? No. Mars attacks Opus.
1: Well, how do they attack Opus and how does Opus fight back?
2: I don't know. we'd have to read it. These are the to questions. To be fair Opus fights back sounds like a great title for any. Yeah, Opus dude. fights back.
0: That'd be very good. Okay, so, so Frank, what do you want – What based on everything here, what do you yeah, think? The thing
1: that I want to keep is having a cast that is way too famous for what the product is. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, like, I, I want, like – I want, like, Patrick Stewart in this. Like, I want, like, Liam Neeson in this, like, for no reason. You know we have a segment for that. I, know, <laughs> I That's why I only gave you two. I only gave you a taste. That's fine. Okay.
0: Let's – um. We we basically spent the whole move the whole first we've been recording for half an hour just recapping because we're so excited about this movie. Let's talk about
2: well we t- have to recap the movie and we have to recap both the original cra- trading card premise, but also how it's been adapted previously because there's three different sets of ac- expectation here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not I'm, three different sets of missed expectations for young Brock. Um, this basically we can title this episode Reclaiming Brock's Childhood.
1: Um <laughs> let's, now, let's... Are, are either of you familiar with the 1980s spin-off what? Dinosaurs Attack?
2: Yes. Uh yeah, they they basically tried to do the card things again and it's it's just dinosaurs and it's the same thing T-Rex it's just attacks the city. Dinosaurs yeah. attacking modern day d- and and it has a very, very specific art look that was uh, uh, that was developed by Wally Wood and Norman Saunders, uh, which is uh, it's it's kind of nice that everything that they keep doing, uh, expanding these things or doing these spinoffs, they always do in the exact same style, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. OK. Guys, and Mar- So
1: what happened is that there were simultaneous there were script revisions out there for Mars Attacks and Dinosaurs Attack. <sighs> Tim Burton had both of them and it was going to be a toss up. Jurassic Park came out and Tim Burton said, all right, well, that that answers it. And he threw away Dinosaurs Attack. No, no.
0: What? Oh, Tim, come back. Do that one. I mean, Mars Attacks is very good. oh apparently at one point mars attacked the powerpuff girls man they've just literally been everywhere
2: this is gonna be a problem isn't it the rest of the we have another half hour to go and it's just gonna be (laughs) one of the three of us interrupting the other two with like guys sorry guys guys, guys, you will not believe it you (laughs) You you guys you guys ever heard of the x-men you guys look (laughs) out you guys will not believe what what else
0: mars has attacked (laughs) Uh oh guys this just in i have some bad news mars attacked scooby-doo <laughs> no. Uh I no that was made up. I don't think Not the think... Scoobs. <laughs> Not the Scoobs.
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> okay, um let's talk setting and genre in segment 2 when and where. where? Ooh, where? This is where we can actually start figuring what out what this do? reboot is going to be. We need to figure out what do we
1: want Mars attacks the Power Rangers. Do we want Mars? Speaking of the Power Rangers, Mars I'm gonna... attacks Ghostbusters. Dude, this is not a joke. This is unbelievable. Wait, Mars did attack the Power Rangers? They and the and the Ghostbusters. I wanna I'm just gonna send you guys a picture of Mars attacks Spike. As in Spike, the vampire Snoopy's character cousin? from Buffy oh. the Vampire Slayer. I was thinking Snoopy the dog. He does cousin. not attack Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He attacks Spike the Vampire in an IDW comic. Jesus Christ. So I'm going to send you guys this picture. This
0: is Glenn Close's costume in the first scene that you see her in. And immediately my reaction was Glenn Close is dressed like the Red Ranger. Like she is wearing <laughs> a Power Rangers sweater in this in this scene.
2: And so maybe this is them attacking. Well, it, it's it's Nancy Reagan as the Red Queen from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you're right. Oh.
0: She keeps like her she just keeps focusing on like remodeling the White House and Natalie Portman just
1: keeps telling her this isn't your house, you just live here what if and she's we... like whatever. What if we do Mars Attacks colon everybody and just whoever the fuck we can think of?
0: This is just, this is the the biggest crossover in cinema history. Move over Avengers Infinity Our problem
1: War. is going to be finding what hasn't been attacked yet.
2: Oh my God. Okay, here we go. What if
0: we just uh, did Mars Attacks Riverdale where they attack the current Riverdale CW TV show?
2: I, I was, I've been waiting. I, I. I I was gonna have a bell here to ding for when we brought up Riverdale, but here we are. <laughs> I know this show. I know you guys. I know how this goes. <laughs> Nor- normally we hold this off until the who are we casting, but here it is it's sneaking true. in early.
0: I'm, I'm desperate to get Dylan and Cole on this show at some point in my in its run. Um, but I I mean you guys Speaking can say of, no, you guys
2: enjoying Sabrina.
0: I loved Sabrina. Me and my wife watched all of it. Like it is fun. It is. Mm-hmm. I had I had not read the Chilling Adventures comic, so I was not prepared with just how far they lean into all the satanic stuff. And I was like, "Oh wow, Christians
2: probably hate this." Did you know we're not making shows for Christians anymore?
1: <laughs> I think Christians hated the original one, any the sitcom.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Should Mars attack the original Sabrina sitcom though?
2: Oh wow! Oh, it can attack in uh, properties instead of the mm-hmm. characters within those properties.
0: Yes. Mm.
2: So, it's- oh, Mars Attacks Dateline NBC.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mars Attacks Boy Meets World. Mars Attacks Nancy Grace. There we go. OK, now we're getting into it. And Nancy's probably like trying to solve the mystery what of the, the Martians, fuck? trying to figure out who attacked the whole time. And everyone's like, it's the Martians, Nancy.
1: There's <laughs> a Dark Horse comic series called Archie versus Predator. What? Oh,
2: yeah, Those, uh, that's it's really good.
1: It's, re- it's really good. So does Mars attack Archie versus Predator now? <laughs> oh, it
2: has to, because that's the only way we have time to read it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Yeah,
2: there's, uh, there's a whole Archie thing about Archie versus zombies going right now. Oh unbelievable God. is archie you, still like, they, they've suggested that they've suggested that uh the zombies might make it onto to riverdale as early as this season because oh they're obviously God. leaning in and then you you know you lean into the the crossover with the town next door where sabrina lives called so it's,
0: greendale which i can never not think of community every time they keep mentioning greendale on this show right
1: they're like, oh, they're coming in green. The deal. Archie vs. Predator trade paperback featured a one-shot comic entitled "Sabrina Meets Hellboy." What? <laughs> okay, I would. Which Sabrina are we talking about? Spellman. The <laughs> Archie
0: Obviously. Comics Sabrina. Comic. Okay, okay. What if it was sitcom Sabrina meets Hellboy though? That would be very
2: different, huh? <laughs> that would
1: go very different.
2: What if it's the old rom-com Sabrina? David did a rom-com Sabrina. Oh no, the the older movie Sabrina, from the sixth i don't
0: know that movie is it based on sabrina the teenage witch
2: uh no uh sabrina from 1954
0: with aubrey hepburn oh i found a poster for a 1995 sabrina with harrison ford is that a remake yes that's the remake oh my (laughs) gosh so what if this is a okay okay what if it's just mars attacks sabrina's plural and we get every single Sabrina <laughs> the in united this united coalition
1: of Sabrinas. So
0: it's all three versions of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, both Sabrinas, Audrey Hepburn and uh Julie Ormond.
1: Yeah, yeah, wait. So we've got we've got Melissa Joan Hart, Julie Ormond, um Kieran Shipkin, uh, Ashley Tisdale, who was the animated Sabrina. They had an animated Sabrina? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a Cartoon Network or something. Man, Sabrina is way farther reaching than I ever anticipated. The
2: the expanded Mars Attacks, the expanded Sabrina verse, is is worth looking at.
1: What if it's... Now, this is just wild. Uh, We're wasting a lot of time here, but this is bonkers. None of this is a waste. This is all a treasure. In the original RT comics, Sabrina was created by Zelda and Hilda, Powerpuff Girls style. They were brewing a potion, and they accidentally made a 12-year-old girl.
0: Oh. That is very different from the origins that I was led to believe by both TV shows.
2: That's weird science.
0: That's weird yeah. science. That's Wonder Woman. That's What if was, What was if, Wonder Woman brood? Uh in one of her origin stories, her mom prays to she makes she she crafts a daughter out of clay and then prays to the gods and the gods bring her to life. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then in the movie I think Hera specifically. Yeah, it's it's and then in the movie they they pretend that's the origin that her mom tells her she has, but then it turns out her mom fucked Zeus. Um Which, you know, Zeus gets around. Right. Um, Sometimes he fucks people as uh, birds, which is kind of weird. Uh, Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. right, right, What if in our movie, the Martians make a
2: Sabrina? Is that anything?
1: mar sabrina sabrina is, is sabrina-, that sabrina the martian Marty, i don't
2: think asking is that anything belongs anywhere near this show you can't start second guessing in the 40th minute okay
1: so martian sabrina is the green ranger right and she wants to she wants okay, to just get in there wait a minute and be in all the shows
0: is she the green ranger
1: archetype or are you bringing
0: in another property
1: oh shit is she the
0: actual green
1: ranger I, I, we'll stick to Archetype for now. I Brock, think we've how much time got... do
0: you have? Because I feel like this episode's going to go a little long. <laughs> I'm good.
1: <laughs> so the Martians make their own Sabrina and just send her from Sabrina property to Sabrina property to, to replace, replace the various the other Sabrinas. Sabrinas. So are they making – so do they make
0: many Sabrinas? Are we getting
1: into a they live situation where it's just propaganda?
0: Where they bring in Sabrinas to say, like, hey, guys, you know what's cool? Pledging allegiance like- to, our, to our Martian overlords.
1: Yeah, g- generating as much nitrogen as you can and, and, and removing the oxygen from the air.
2: <laughs> well, what if the, what if the aliens accidentally uh, spread the Sabrinas across the Sabrinaverse, And now, uh, in order to correct that, we have this sort of Sabrina Highlander situation. <gasps> they oh, can be only to get rid of all the Sabrinas? Yes. We have to undo what Mars has attacked, which is the timeline. So are the Martians even in this anymore?
0: <laughs> because I do very much want to have the discussion which Sabrina Guys, would win.
2: Guys, let's make a show called Sabrina.
1: <laughs> what if? Okay, the Martians will, will be. I'm going to keep. I, I don't know why. I'm going to keep relating this to Power Rangers. The Martians are going to be the Rita Repulsa. Every At the beginning and then end of the episode, they the Martians are on Sabrina. Mars. And they're shaking their fists. And they're going, ah, oh, we're going to get you this time.
0: So the Sabrina Rangers is what you're getting at.
1: Do we Are they all in the same place? I thought we would, like, travel and have them, like, I absorbing think, each other's powers. Okay,
0: there's got to be at least one episode where they do all team up for a super group, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, for, for sure.
0: But, um, so you're saying each episode takes place in a different Sabrina-verse where they send a doppelganger Sabrina that the current, the resident Sabrina of that Sabrina-verse has to fight and destroy? Is that what's happening? Why are the Martians so interested in Sabrina specifically? They've met the Transformers. Why do they care more about Sabrina? Well, they're 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 Martian minds. We can't possibly guess what they're thinking, Scott. <laughs> they have they have very big brains. Brock, did Martians have telepathy in the comics? Because in the in the movie, Pierce Brosnan says they probably have telepathy, and then they never
2: do anything. Yes, with it. they do, and like of course in the comics, that's used in like. Council meetings where somebody communicates like I'm lying to another like member of the (laughs) council and they're like, good, I'm also lying.
0: They do that very good thing where they can like talk and have a, a head, a brain conversation at the exact same time. Yes, and they do. They never. <laughs> I feel like they in real life. That would so often like spill over. Like they would just end
1: mm-hmm. up accidentally Sorry, switching what? conversations. <laughs> yeah, I can't have a phone conversation while I'm trying to read the directions on a box of food. Like right. I, I, <laughs> well, Martian would be talking uh, and act- then just actually, actually wait, what?
2: that that is a thing that that is a thing that actually uh, comes up in uh, the Suspiria remake.
0: What switching brain conversations in a real life conversation?
2: Yeah. It, like there's there's a coven of witches and they're often having conversations but they're also having brain conversations over the top of it and it's all in german so it's all subtitled uh and so you see them sort of like having to keep up appearances while having brain conversations about things Uh, i wasn't exactly sure what i was seeing in the first scene of the movie where it happened (laughs) and by later in a scene like they're all like trying to laugh and have fun in like a restaurant out in public but also having the conversations on top of it and you're like okay i see what's happening now so yes this is weirdly this is in vogue (laughs) (laughs) okay uh does sabrina ever have
0: brain conversations in any of her forms frank you're our resident sabrina expert
1: yeah apparently i don't think so okay that's all I got for you. Frank, where are you at on the new Sabrina show? How Have you finished it yet? I, I finished episode, um, I
0: think, five. Okay. Brock, have you finished the show yet? I'm just wondering how far Absolutely I can discuss. Not. Okay. Are you going to finish you, it, you Brock?
2: Discuss as far as you want.
0: So, I'm just... I, I would like to... Do all the Sabrinas, maybe they all get... What if they all have to fight each other and then they realize that they're not the enemy? It's, they realize it's the Martians orchestrating this Sabrina Highlander contest. What if... Okay, hear me out on this. What if the new Mars... Mars uh, their new MO, instead of just invading planets, is they just basically find... They invade universes where they make the universe fight itself. Does that make sense? All the Sabrinas have to fight each other because the Martians want them to. Is what is that? What is that? Is that? I know I'm not supposed to ask this question, but is that anything?
2: <laughs> I feel like you guys got to rename the, the podcast now. to
1: "Is That Anything." <laughs> so they they want to trick they want to trick pl- their board and they want to trick planets into defeating themselves. Is this what's happening? Maybe I just feel like I oh, on the one
0: hand. I'm very interested in the Sabrina verse. On the other hand, I don't want to abandon the Martians.
2: Look, here's a, here's how I think we tie that into to what I what I honestly think would be the the re the good reboot idea here. Uh, and I, I mentioned that to Scott when we first brought this up. I would love to make a 2018 Mars Attacks, which is about them coming to invade. Uh, and and there there's a big thing throughout the comics that like their like surveillance of us hasn't been able to be that good over the years especially because like more recently we have like satellites and technology so they don't want to expose themselves but they're like that they've sort of sent like uh parties to check out the planet throughout history and like there's there's a bunch of one shots where like one of them shows up like in the caveman days and of course instantly gets speared by a caveman and there's another one where one shows up in like a wild west town and the cowboys shoot the fuck out of it. So there there is this weird backstoryline line that's sort of like, oh, man has always just murdered the shit out of them. So there's no reason like especially when they were coming actually as peaceful envoys over the years and like we've never done good. So like there's this sort of idea that like maybe they haven't been able to check in that much on Earth lately because our technology has gotten so good. They can't just send ships down here anymore to check out stuff. But uh, let's keep let's keep that that bit about how mars is is going to explode and and they need somewhere else to go uh they all get on their ships they all come this way mars explodes so they really like now it is this like they uh, got the, it, uh, the, 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 the the it it's are high. It's, the, it's it's the burning of the ships uh from uh from columbus uh like the sort of like okay now we've got to do all this stuff or else like we can't you, you'll die uh but they get here and realize especially with like recent news and stuff this planet's got like 12 years till it's fucked forever yeah. like like you there, you i i like the idea that they would get here be stuck having to be here but also realize like this this planet is fucked like yeah, it really like, doesn't have a chance so i like the idea of of like mars being stuck in a situation where it either it either needs to do one of these two or needs to do both at the same time which is to invade to fix the planet or to start fixing the planet before it invades. Uh, Mm. I I love the idea of, like, trying to, like, burn all the cities, but, like, don't burn the tires on the cars because that'll help, that'll make the atmosphere worse. worse. (laughs) Or, like, or or just, yeah, like, this very environmental uh, invasion and and extermination of the human species because we fucked it up. Uh, And I realize that this becomes both um, signs and... um, Uh, the happening yeah where it's just about like okay never stopped us before we've fucked up the planet and something needs to come stop us and the idea that it is martians uh this
1: movie this movie's gonna end with with uh with mark Wahlberg screaming at the sky we're sorry and that's all (laughs) is that what fixes is is that what stops the happening yeah in the happening mark Wahlberg apologizes on behalf of all humanity and then mother nature listens and stops oh shit yeah he just yells at the sky we're sorry we're not gonna do it again interesting so what if
0: you guys can say no to this what Uh. if (laughs) or say yes what if so martians come and they have to they have to kill us to fix the planet that they want to have but what if they also don't have so they showed up and they didn't realize that our planet was fucked So they didn't – they weren't prepared for that, so they can't – and they've already shown based on their planet that they're not good at fixing planets because they didn't fix their own. So what if their solution is, well, the only way we can fix this is magic, and then
1: they collect Sabrina's. And now you've gotten Sabrina (laughs) back in. Okay, I see what this has all been about. I just very much enjoy that idea. But otherwise,
0: the Martian – we'd have to explain why the – like if if the Martian – so do they – how come they couldn't fix their planet if they're come here to fix our planet? I guess our planet's not quite ruined yet; it's just just about there.
2: It's just about there, but also like I—I I think the thing about theirs was that like uh, I think it was uh, basically like the same rules as uh, uh, Superman's planet. Like the core was exploding or something, like something uh. far beyond their control. Like they'd definitely done very well on Mars, but like. Whoops, you're 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 a neutron star now. There wasn't yeah. any recycling you could do to prevent that.
0: In more recent Superman Origins, they've they've updated that to be a like it's still the core is exploding, but now it's caused by the Kryptonians doing things they shouldn't have been doing, and no one would listen to Superman's dad when he told them to stop. So he's the only one who knew it was coming and could get his baby into space in time. Uh,
2: but they've—that's they've... a really good version of that, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I wanted. To, so, where do we go from here? Is it just a movie of Martians killing humans, but in a way that they, like, is it just a bunch of scenes of Martians being very is this careful? A,
1: is this a 22 short films about Springfield, just kind of series of vignettes of advancing in time, showing up
0: and and oh, over time, Frank. Like, yeah, so like throughout the years,
1: uh, a, a Cloud Atlas.
0: Oh, that's a weird movie, and you oh, want I, to do that if, with Mars Attacks? It,
2: it, I mean, if you did that, then it becomes about the re terraforming of our planet. Uh, either to either we, it's about them fixing it for both of us, or we keep the part in about how they breathe nitrogen and it is, uh, and th- there's a lot of that that happens in the comic book that they immediately start terraforming Earth to be a nitrogen based. Environment, so of course. Do they accidentally make it a perfect environment for dinosaurs, (gasps) buddy? Buddy, you just won.
0: So, so, so they accident. So the Martians are fighting humans to tear to make Earth more suited for Mars. But and they they
1: basically win against the humans, right? We already knew that. We already knew that. But
0: what they didn't realize was that they've reawoken the hiding dinosaurs who weren't extinct. They were just biding their time until humanity fucked itself.
2: Yeah, and then the of supreme course we know that humans, humans can ride dinosaurs, so we've got a real rock paper Mars attack situation here. <laughs> yes. with, with who's winning?
0: So the dinosaurs and the humans team up against
1: the Martians. Is that what's happening here? No one answer. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like if you put off if you put a T Rex and a Martian and a people in the room, think the T Rex is who's walking out of that. So are guys, we, guys,
2: guys, guys. No, no matter who wins, we lose. No, I got a tagline. No oh, one's ever used it before. No one's ever, yes. no one's ever used that.
1: Can we, It's original and we invented it. Can
0: we play off of that <laughs> crazy conspiracy theory that dinosaurs never actually went extinct and they've literally
1: just been hiding among us? Like they've learned how to disguise themselves as humans. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, that kind. I've not heard that before. I've not yeah. heard
2: that. Did you just make that I thought <laughs>
1: you were talking about, like, the Savage Lands. I think it's – no, I think it's tangentially related to the men conspiracy theory, but okay. there is – Oh, like the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah.
0: There is a real conspiracy theory that dinosaurs never went extinct. They're just more intelligent than us, and they've been hiding. There's actually a really, really great uh, couple of books called Anonymous Rex and Casual Rex, and they're, like, film noir – or noir detective style books about a velociraptor detective. It's Holy really fucking shit. great. I
1: read those books and I have not remembered them in so long.
0: You probably borrowed them from me in college. I almost
1: certainly <laughs> borrowed them from you.
0: Oh my God. They're really that great. That was
1: 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, they're really great. But I would love it if it turns out that like... Dino- so I guess... So in our, in our movie, dinosaurs are still around. They've just been hiding... Are dinosaurs hiding as humans or are they just hiding and they're still enormous? I
1: think it's hilarious if they're just hiding. So like like one like of them, them is just Japan. painted like a landscape. Mount Fuji explodes and it's actually four brontosauruses. <laughs> like
0: most of nature is just like scenery dinosaurs. painted onto a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So at what point, like, why did not, why did the dinosaurs
1: not immediately, were they sleeping, Frank? Why did they not immediately respond oh, they were, to this they Martian were so threat? sleepy because there wasn't enough oxygen in the atmosphere. Nitrogen. nitrogen. There wasn't enough nitrogen in the atmosphere. Okay. like they were, just like so, they were hot? Just so sleepy. Dinosaurs love it hot. Are we sure about that? Because didn't we, we. Th- no, dinosaurs, our dinosaurs, they love it with less oxygen.
0: Oh, our movie dinosaurs like it hot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Some um, dinosaurs like it hot. Some like it hot. Mm-hmm. So, some S- like it hot. Dinosaurs. Some dinosaurs like it hot in Cleveland,
2: <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Buddy, come on. I know we've said a lot of things here today, but that's something you can't take back.
0: Nobody likes it hot in Cleveland, Frank. Um, okay, so I kind of like. I kind of like that. <laughs> it was very. <laughs> um... Would it be better with dinosaurs though, Brock?
1: If there were dinosaurs in Hot in Cleveland? Nope. Okay. No, it would not be. So I, for for our film, I really like the idea of uh, th- of like third act dinosaurs, right? Where like yes. it's not about that until it's all about and, that. And
0: and to be clear, at no point in any promotional item or trailer for this movie will they show dinosaurs. Like dinosaurs no. will be people will be like, what the fuck? Like it will be a great moment where nobody nobody saw dinosaurs coming. Now, how accurate do we have to be? I guess the answer is not at all. I'm sorry. I don't know even why I asked that. Um, So let's talk. We need to come up with some characters and also cast those characters. So let's do that in
2: Who Can It Be? Who
1: can it be?
2: You know what? I I think we've learned from the first Mars Attacks movie that we should forget characters because most of them didn't even have names. Uh, just throw out some names of some actors and actresses that you would like to see be in this. Right. Basically yes. playing themselves.
0: Yes. So, you know, Dylan and Cole have to be in this movie, Brock. You mm-hmm. know that. One ah, ah. is a human. One is a Martian. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Riverdale.
0: Do we, do you, Brock, do you want the entire cast of Riverdale in this movie?
2: Yeah. Riverdale attacks. Mm-hmm.
1: As the Riverdale characters wholesale. Right. We can talk to the CW. We got an in. We've got an in. I'm, okay. I'm friends with the Goog. I liked what with who? Oh, Mark Guggenheim. With Mark Guggenheim. I
0: don't think he does Riverdale, does Jesus he? Jesus
2: Christ, man. <laughs>
0: um, I do. I'm in
2: with I'm 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 in with the Berlanti. That's <laughs> short for for Greg Berlanti. The
0: Berlanti. I know, and and Brock, I know you've got that Zach and Cody connection for us to get them in there, and I do think. Frank, I do like you said Patrick Stewart. I do think he should be mm-hmm. in here. Oh, I sure.
1: think in real life, Patrick Stewart would say yes to something like this. He's just going off the wall.
2: Yeah. Um and, I want and he's in it with his husband, Ian McKellen. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna yes. say.
1: I was literally about to they're, say that exact
0: thing.
2: They're they're like a they're like a Connecticut couple who has been Oh yes. they've been going through a bit of a rough patch and they're gonna rediscover their relationship. While they're on, on the long, dark highway. Yes, into survivalism. One, of them,
0: one of them is going to shoot a Martian in the head in order to save the other. And I think it has to be Ian McKellen who does the murder. Like, I don't I don't I just mm. think he's going to be the one to do it. And he'll say, I think so, because badass. he would
2: be the better one to have like the PTSD afterwards. The that, that Patrick Stewart has to talk him down from like over the next few months, like just like it's, yeah. it's OK. You, you didn't have a choice.
0: You didn't have a choice. Did you see his brain, though? Okay, Brock, who's your dream casting?
2: Who do you want to see
1: in this? Uh, and remember, we've got dinosaur voices as well. Oh, shit.
2: Oh, my God. Shit. Shit. Who do you want no, to you see? Guys keep, you guys keep going. Okay. Frank, oh, who you do know you want what? to the, see the, voice No, of no I, I'd like to take it back. Uh, I would like to see uh, all the dinosaurs voiced by uh, the cast of Glow.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so, starting oh,
2: God, with Mark Marin. And then Mark. working its way down,
1: <laughs> we've got Mark Maron Dude, as a pterodactyl for sure. Yeah, and just chain smoking with his little pterodactyl, <laughs> his little hand that comes off the wing. It's just always got a cigarette. Okay, and then what's it, what dinosaur is Allison Bree? Something something the,
0: smaller, I think. Something sleeker. The, the, or what a something very big. A what a something very big. Which kind of dinosaur did you say? A Breosaur. Oh, that's not a real dinosaur, though, is it? <laughs> I don't know my dinosaur. A Briosaur. She can be... What if she's a... It doesn't matter. She's a dinosaur. She's just a dinosaur. She's just a uh, dinosaur. What I, want,
1: what I want to do is orchestrate a Zack and Cody reunion and get Kim Rhodes back. So do you jo- want, Jody want them... Mills and Supernatural and uh, their mother in the Zack and Cody do TV you, show. Do you
0: think that Dylan and Cole would be willing to once again become Zack and Cody for this?
1: No, I want to do like they're still who they are. And they're then when Kim Rhodes are. shows up, okay. she says like, "Wow, you look a lot like somebody I know." And then they all three of them look at the camera and wink.
0: Let's just have so let's get um let's get Dylan to be, I don't know, he's like a professional skateboarder who's in this for some reason. and then mm-hmm. we can we can get um Cole to just do the mocap for every single Martian.
2: Also, I, I think okay. that uh, I think that our celebrity that that is playing the celebrity celebrity uh, should be Tony Hawk. Oh,
0: okay, okay, wait. Because Tony, Dylan plays Tony, Tony, Hawk, Tony Hawk now. Hawk. Has some. Oh, Tony okay.
1: Hawk plays Rob Deirdrick. Rob Deirdrick not in the movie. <laughs>
0: Is oh Rob, wow! Is Rob Deerdrick a, a, a skateboard man, Frank?
1: Yeah, he, he did a lot of a lot, a lot of MTV shows and stuff too. Okay, he does so I think BMX mostly.
0: You don't want Tony Hawk to play himself, so Tony Hawk, would you, Brock, you want Tony-, Tony Hawk's a
1: real sport based on Twitter. I think I think he'd like to play Rob Deerdrick, and yeah, and so he'd
2: be hey, Brock. Is he our Tom Jones in this movie? That that was kind of what I was thinking was that like instead of being like, can you fly a helicopter, is like, can you? flip flip a half pipe and he's like i'm tony hawk and (laughs) then he he, he, then he skates all the way down uh the spines of the stegosaurus (laughs) and and that's that's how the stegosaurus is like you know what i think i gotta team up with you guys because like i'm not gonna fight something with that kind of powers with that kind of extreme ratitude
1: yeah boy howdy i've been asleep for a while but now
2: i am awake
1: (laughs) (laughs) The entire movie he is playing Rob Deirdrick, but then in that scene he says, I am Tony Hawk. <laughs> and we just we just leave it. We don't have we don't, we don't have the budget. He's playing to, Rob
0: Deirdrick, but they say can you can you do a half pipe? And he says, Yeah, I'm Tony Hawk. <laughs> I'm
1: Tony Hawk.
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: okay. Um...
2: <laughs> All right. and
0: then you we guys, put it you in guys, the what happen? What section. would
2: happen? What would happen if I told you I hadn't been recording this entire time?
0: I'd be really sad.
2: <sighs> I would be too. It didn't happen. I just realized that there, we have such magic in the can here, and oh it, would Bro, ever, it would be impossible to ever. It would be impossible to ever work our way back to this point. Oh my my heart. <laughs> I don't even know how we brought Sabrina in, so I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how we got to Tony <laughs> Hawk really playing Rocky. I
0: feel <laughs> like editing this episode is going to be like listening to like a <laughs> recording of me just like of the three of us just shit face drunk. Like, wait, how did we get there? Like, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> oh my God. We,
2: we, we always wind up doing like the intellectual equivalent of like robbing a bank, but then also putting the money back. Uh, and, and then it's just us back at the hideout going. So where do we go wrong there? That was...
0: <laughs> okay. Let's, I want each of us. We're, we're we'll do one more celebrity ad. Each of us goes around. Let's start with Frank. Mm. Give me your last celebrity ad. Oh, just put him in the spot. So, yeah.
2: uh, Toby Maguire. Ooh, Brock. Uh, Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay,
0: and I he choose say yes. Selena Gomez.
1: Oh, yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay, Um, let's finish this movie with our last segment, What's Going On? Oh, what's going on? What's going on? We need some we need like the barest skeleton of a plot here we need to what what's i mean i think we've kind act 1 act 2 act 3 epilogue so mars attacks is act 1 all on mars oh interesting Mm. No,
2: I think I I, I think uh, maybe if we're doing it this way, the the parallel is that like uh, Act One is entirely split between Earth and Mars, so each gets equal time. Yeah, but it, it is mostly focused on how like scientists on both planets are just like, well, shit's fucked, but Mars is the only one that has the ability to leave their planet. Uh, okay, so they all like pack up, but but don't know about how sh- how like the parallel is like yeah, we're also equally fucked, like they just don't know.
0: <laughs> how I thought. <laughs> This would be a huge last minute pivot and I don't want to do it because I want the dinosaurs. But what if what if in our movie Earth, we could leave Earth and Earth goes to Mars and Mars goes to Earth. And then we both arrive and go, ah, fuck, because we realize like their other the planet
2: is fucked either way. Like and and then we go back and we meet on the moon. Oh, You know what? <laughs> that brings up an interesting point, because both uh, like of the Doom games are like set on like the moon's. Of of Mars and those seem like stable for you know what yeah oh but those moons would be too close to Mars so if it exploded those moons would be fucked okay they do have to come to Earth let's okay they on,
0: do have I to guess. come to Earth
2: yeah what what is it in Doom for some reason there's a portal to Hell
0: on Mars like mm. that's that's where yeah. that's where Hell is <laughs> makes sense yeah 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 um that new Doom game is fun um okay so we've got the the back and forth Earth is like what do we right. do we need to fix this we need to get. We need to get some legislation passed. And Mars is like, hey, we didn't get any legislation passed. We got to go. Mars is basically Earth in 20 years.
2: Yeah, I, I really like that. Like It, it, it is our it, – it also – it's the Akiva Goldsmith uh, very, like, uh, day after tomorrow, Independence Day environmentalist thing where yeah. it's just like, uh, look what could happen, like – the day after tomorrow and there are a day after tomorrow they're they're 20 years down the line and they're like oh we just couldn't find common ground and now now there's not going to be any ground that's right. how it works here
0: <laughs> there's there's actually no more ground i like i'm 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 i like that our dinosaurs team up with humans but i also <clears> almost <throat> like the idea that dinosaurs wake up and they're like both of you get the fuck out and they just throw
1: mm-hmm. everyone our, off. The we planet. were here
2: first and we, then he, we were doing great until an asteroid hit, kind of out of our control. But hey, guess what? Life uh, finds a way, and uh, uh, you guys not, not helping life out. Can
0: we reveal that that asteroid somehow came from Mars? Perfect. That,
2: well, now we have the Starship Troopers element.
0: <laughs> yes. Mars, yes. Accidentally, Mars accidentally paved the way for humanity, much like in the movie Mission to Mars with, uh, with uh, Gary Chip. Busey? No, not Busey.
1: Ah, God damn it! Mission to Mars. This is not worth spending the time on, but we're doing it. Mission to Gary Sinise. Sinise, thank you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so CSI New York. Who's our?
2: <laughs> <laughs> why did you say that?
1: Because Gary Sinise is in that show. I. Think. He's the he's he's the lead detective in CSI New York. Like...
2: <laughs> yeah, I I know he is, but why did you why did you say it?
1: I, I didn't realize who he was until I
0: went to his page. Frank, didn't you read Brock's Rider? We are never to mention CSI to we are Brock. Never,
2: never to. No, m- I'm so Have you sorry. You not seen Forrest Gump? I'm just, I'm just so. Oh, Why you're is just that reminding your yourself who Gary Sinise is. <laughs> um, it would just be funny if every time we brought up an actor, we also mentioned just an unaffiliated property <laughs> that they've been in.
0: Yeah, you know Gary Sinise, Apollo 13.
2: Um. <laughs> hey, that's a space movie that could also tie in. <laughs> oh, oh shit.
1: Okay. Um. Do we have oh oh? Humanity gets destroyed. Epilogue. Smash cut to the ISS. We're it, boys. Let's take this planet back from the dinosaurs.
0: Wait, but uh, are we are we going that way now? I really do like humans riding dinosaurs. Maybe only some humans got to team up with dinosaurs, but like the dumb
1: president. I feel like once everybody wins, the dinosaurs would just eat the people and then win for real i
0: think we i think we well i mean you don't want to have some humans get to ride dinosaurs and be friends forever on in the savage land i gotta say i like that what if we do that but like the all the legislators like all the people who didn't want to help get tossed into space with the martians and they all have to make their own way and figure that shit out
2: i look i think that i think that the dinosaurs and the people team up because the world has changed and dinosaurs don't have uh, like a civilization or something.
1: So yeah. they recognize
2: that like, they're not going to make it because like we have fucked up the planet to the point, nothing that they hunted is here. Uh, right. the, the forest and, and, and other environs that they lived in are no longer here. They've got to help destroy these terraforming centers that are filling the world with nitrogen because we got to do something. But also when that happens, we're also going to have to be the ones that provide them with food and help them like, keep surviving because it is untenable for them to live here and they can't build spaceships.
0: It's a pretty classic <laughs> sci-fi thing where humanity right. has factions and then suddenly we are all one race fighting against the aliens. So now that race, the human race, is now the Earth race and it includes dinosaurs.
2: It's it's very the pilgrims and the Indians, but I'm not sure which side is which side, but also mm. it can still probably have a sequel that ends in, in terrible bloodshed. Who who do you guys want to play the
0: president in this movie? I know we're supposed to be moved on, but I think this is an important role that we need to keep. Should we just get Jack Nicholson again? I do have to say watching this movie, I think if Jack Nicholson was ever really president, I would be I would be constantly unnerved by him all the time just because every time he gives a speech, it sounds like he's like a serial killer trying to keep his voice <laughs> down.
1: Like it is just—he's he's trying to emulate uh, what he thinks emotions are. <laughs> yeah, it's just very like he's too smooth. It feels like
2: when he talks, um, you know who I think should play the president? David Cronenberg. Okay, why? Oh, I watched uh uh night uh what is it called the the one where he plays the 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 serial killer in it.
0: Oh, okay. I was thinking is he did he Oh, that is the same guy from The Fly. Okay, yeah. Who made The Fly. So, um are we getting Tim Burton to direct this again or are we directing it? Brock, what what's do you have a lot of directorial experience? I'm not a big director.
2: I think we find one of the people that did one of those uh, recent A24. Uh, oh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski oh, directs this. Oh,
0: yeah. John, Jonathan, Johnny uh, another word for John. Okay, so, I mean, do we need do we need more for this plot than Martians show up, humans fight Martians, dinosaurs show up, humans and dinosaurs fight Martians and win? Is there more that we need to go into detail here? That's all the first one had, and it did fine. That's all the first one had. The first one didn't even have dinosaurs, Frank. You would know that if you yeah right.
1: It. We got we got a plus one.
0: Are we on sure dinosaurs? we don't want to put Sabrina in it anywhere? I'm just. Just, just making
1: sure. It How about she comes? She comes through a portal in the epilogue, and that sets up the sequel. Oh, okay. And she says, "Wow, this it Earth got fucked." She says, "This isn't even the
2: right timeline. We got to fix the timeline." I do. I do want to clarify. Uh, Cronenberg is the bad guy in Clive Barker's Nightbreed from 1990, where I think he is a fucking excellent ah, actor, and that is why I would put him in there. But also, he is aged to just the right point where, like. I've been spending a lot of time lately thinking about, like, how old presidents are now, especially like with the talk of, like, Bernie running again and with Trump's age and stuff. And it's I was like, so you know what? Cronenberg is in that right age range. And, like, he has such a, a weird, like, he, he has a very David Lynch look about him, but a very yeah. different sort of presence. And I think that that would make a good. He is a guy that at this point in his life, like, if he tried to talk to me about taxes, I'd be like, yeah, man, like whatever you think. So I think he would be a good <laughs> yeah. president. I did want to stand by and explain that one because saying I saw him in the movie Night Whatever didn't really uh, sell that. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: saw him in a movie and he's my
2: president now. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, that's how it works. Home <laughs> Alone too, man.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: do, do you know about the, the Trump cameos? Have you read the article on it? No. I will send it your way. There is a there is a huge deep dive that somebody like Vulture did uh, like last year, which was about they uh, like every time somebody shot in like one of Trump's properties, a movie. uh, He was like, you like wrote into the contract. You have to give me a cameo. Uh, So there's a lot of movies that like shot a cameo scene for him, knowing full well that they were going to cut it later or something like that.
1: That's uh, and so like good. Home Alone
2: 2 is one of the only ones where it snuck through, but there's like stories on set from people being like, yeah, we filmed the scene with like Donald Trump and there wasn't even fucking film in the cameras. Uh, <laughs> <'cause>... <laughs> so like no fantastic. one has ever liked or respected him. I'll send you the link. That makes me I'll, I'll so find happy. it later. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so good.
0: Okay. Um, Frank,
1: do you have any final thoughts
0: that you oh, want man. to shove into I, this I, film?
1: I, I want a T Rex to bite a flying saucer and like oh, shit, swing yeah. it around and then just, like, launch it into some kind of monument by accident.
0: by accident. Okay. Or on purpose. I don't don't know what the dinosaurs are. Brock, how will sixth grade Brock feel about
2: this movie? Is he going to be more upset than he was before? I I don't think that you can do anything more upsetting than to throw uh, Ed Wood at something that that sixth grade Brock loved, (laughs) especially (laughs) before he understood, like, appreciating something for, like, its enthusiasm or its heart, which is... Truly what this film captures of of everything that Tim Burton has done in his entire fucking career, including Ed Wood. Uh, This one captures, I I think, most clearly and and most directly a love for the sort of movies that made him of a time and of a place. And the fact that he got to put some of the biggest goddamn names in Hollywood into his thing, which also like even helped sell it because like, you know the films of the 50s and 60s he's basing it on are also the launching points for a lot of these careers like jack nicholson's first film was you know being in the original little shop of horrors and like uh right. for, for for roger corman like no one fucking liked that that's the point that's why it was made into a musical because it was a cult bullshit thing yeah. uh so like there's there's so much about it that feeds into it and and, and that you love but you need it you need like an appreciation of film to get there or even just an appreciation of some pot and some friends like, <laughs> uh and, and in sixth grade, I didn't have either of those. Uh So like now, like I can just appreciate like, and for Tim Burton too, it's just a labor of love. And I do kind of wish we could see the version where it is all stop motion, Harry house and level like stuff yeah. here. This is, this is, it's not, the CGI is not that much different than what that would have been. Uh Although I don't know. Ninety-six and that technology. If if this movie looked half Nightmare Before Christmas and half uh, huge name stars, is that a movie that would be a gigantic success right now? I can't tell. The Slim Whitman's Indian Love Song uh, probably uh, still cancels all that out as a yeah. major plot point. Almost uh, definitely. Yeah. So that's my thoughts. <laughs>
0: yeah, knowing that the Martians were originally intended to be stop motion makes like explains a lot because the whole time it's like wow these guys look real like the i i've seen jurassic park cg was surprisingly good for its time and these guys look like garbage within once you realize oh they're supposed to look stop motion it makes them much better i mean there are some parts where they're very they move very fluidly and then there's other parts where they're very jerky and that explains that um
2: Oh, we didn't even get to bring up the fact that Lisa Marie Presley uh, plays uh, a tall, seductress alien that uh, bites oh, off yeah. Ma- Martin Short's finger. Oh,
0: and we didn't even talk about that Martin Short's in this is the press secretary.
2: And and one of the stories is that like she has this gigantic uh, beehive hairdo that's of course hiding covering a giant Martian, Martian head. and and stuff. Uh, but apparently. Uh, they like affixed it to her head by like weaving her own hair into it. Oh, and it was God. like a giant, like two foot tall thing that at one point was pulled off of her head and yanked a large part of her skull out. So she has oh, a giant scar oh. on her head from being mm. in Mars attacks, Ugh. which is a thing that she says she does not regret to this day, but like, you'd got to regret That's that a, a little bit that you got like yeah. a, a, you're, 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 you got scalped to be in Mars attacks. It's not great. <laughs> she
0: also, she does a very good job. She like, I'm going to, Frank, you can watch this after the episode. I'm saying you the scene that she's in, but she is just like super creepy, but like does a great job of like moving around like a creepy Martian pretending
2: to be Ooh. a human. And then you've got a Danny Elfman score behind her. That's yeah. just uh, aping everything from like thing from another world and stuff. And yeah, it's a million theremins. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right. Let's get to everybody's favorite part. Frank we should we need to maybe this is the episode we do it we need a name for this food and Mountain Dew segment uh what do we call this the t- TV tray And Brock feel free wow. to give us some, some good some some Brock Wilbur nuggets maybe that's what we call it this can be Brock Wilbur it'll be <laughs> if, 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 with Brock's permission this will be the Brock Wilbur sponsored segment where it'll be like we come up with a segment and then it'll be called brought to you by Brock Wilbur <laughs>
2: Yeah, how much do I have to pay you guys each episode? Oh, you pay us? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
0: <laughs> I think we could talk about it. Maybe just, uh,
1: you know, let's call it. Let's let's call it chug and slug. <laughs> oh my god.
0: What's the slug Cause part? Because
1: it's, it's it's what do you chug and then what do you slug into your mouth? Is that what you call eating? You call it slugging? <laughs> have I never used that with you before? I've never heard it before. <laughs> it's a very common expression. <laughs> that can't be true. You can't prove it's not.
0: What what if it uh, (laughs) Brock Wilbur's snack attack?
1: I actually really like that. Yeah. I I, I don't have a joke. I like that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's what we're going with. Unless you don't want us to. What are we slugging? No, I, I can't stop anything.
0: I can't stop anything. All right, Brock. What what food and Mountain Dew do our listeners need to consume with this crazy ass new reboot that we're making?
2: What food and Mountain Dew?
0: Yeah, so you, there's a food that they have to eat. Did we not do this when you were on last time? So uh, there's a
2: food. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to choose a food not, yeah. for
0: them to eat, like a snack that pairs well
2: with this reboot, and then a flavor of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, red alert, from the Red Planet, obviously. Mm. Code Red, for sure. What we're doing. Code Red. Uh, and then uh, the food uh, should be, uh, oh, those little uh, dino nuggets that we all oh, grew up with yeah. in school. Chicken nugget dinos. Perfect. Yeah, the dino-shaped chickens. Yes.
0: I love it. Okay. That's perfect. Um, well, thank you everybody so much for listening. That's going to do it for us. We made a movie again, put that <laughs> in the books. Um, put it in the books. if you like the show, please give us a good rating and review on iTunes and subscribe and tell your friends Brock. Thank you so much for coming back. Always a
2: treat. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Where can, uh, where can anyone who doesn't know you get to know you? Where can they find you?
2: Hey, just come by my house. Are uh, you on eHarmony? Uh, Oh, wow. I should be. Uh, no, I'm at Brock Wilbur on Twitter, BrockWilbur.com. Uh, come check out. Uh, I, I have a bunch of podcasts. Just search my old name there in the podcast search thing on the iTunes. Uh, you can hear some cool stuff, including shows I do with my wife and my buddy friends. Buddy friends are the best kind of friends. We need to get... Uh, we
0: need to including get a what? recent episode with Friends of the Podcast, friends, right, Scott? Friends of the Podcast, Christopher Hastings and Branson Reese.
2: Oh, yeah, thank you guys for setting that up. That was a delight. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was glad that that worked out. They am glad to see that they got their Kickstarter funded as of yesterday. Um, we need to get your wife on the show sometime. Do you think uh, she'd enjoy doing bad reboots? Oh, my God, she would love it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, cool. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Until next time, I'm Scott Owen. I'm Frank Sarah. And, Brock, please give us a password for our listeners for next week.
2: Uh, chicken Dino. Chicken, <laughs> chicken Dino we I'm yeah. yeah, it.